This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Why don't you sit right back? And I... I may tell you... A tale, a tale of three little pigs, and a big, bad wolf! Hey Shock Rockers, do we have a crazy one for you. Today's guest is Bill Manspeaker, lead vocalist for the Los Angeles, California theatrical rock band, Green Jello. Bill and I get down to business breaking down their smash hit single and video, Three Little Pigs, taken from their 1993 album, Serial Killer Soundtrack. You've heard it here before on the show. Yes, this was Green Jello's last hurrah before their record label pulled the financial and supportive marketing plug on the band. And it couldn't have been a bigger hit. Bill was truly on the forefront of video and the importance of that as it applied to each song on their record. The lyrical references here are mind-blowing, and the fact that they were able to make a six-minute video out of a minute and a half of footage is unreal. Talk about stretching a penny. Amazing. Bill was as humble as it gets, and you can tell that he owes a large portion of his career and continued success to Three Little Pigs. For all this and a whole lot more, don't touch that dial. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Well, hey, Bill, how we doing? I'm awesome. How are you, sir? I am fantastic. Thanks, uh, thanks a lot for sitting in. Uh, if you would have told me back in 1993 when. Uh, I was just this uh, goofy college kid watching videos at two in the morning. I'd be speaking to the guy from Green Jello someday. I, I, I'd tell you you're full of crap. This is an honor. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> it, it, it's it's an honor to uh, have such a wonderful job that me and you both have. Yes, and yes. To be able to influence. You just said it right there. To be able to influence a kid. That's all it's about. I couldn't care less about the cash or the notoriety or the stage time. Right, right. This is not just me saying this on the radio. I do this to influence kids and adults that just uh, just need a little, you know, if suddenly me telling them that their art is wonderful or me saying that their music is great, if that somehow helps somebody, put me down for that. I can do that every single day of my life for the rest of my life as a job yeah man and and luckily both you and i have this yes well i'd like to give our, our listeners a little bit of, of of background you know i'm still referring to you as green jello yeah so why? yeah i've done done a little research here so they were green jello back when this video premiered in 93 on mtv what i was just talking right. about a moment ago uh craft foods because they don't have enough friggin money uh craft foods decided that uh they were going to get involved uh, who knew that some food coloring and gelatin could trademark a, a trademark a damn name right wound up horse hooves <laughs> in green dye got upset yes. at my humor yes but yet yes. it's okay for them to hire bill cosby as their spokesman yeah i know i know it does uh, <laughs> uh two wrongs make a right sometimes and, 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 bill. I, i'm only using that joke because that, because it's been told to me a million times i don't well, barely believe that to be yeah, true well i, it, it, I the, did steal the name yeah, well, it, it's now. If, if honesty comes out here, you know, and push comes to shove, at the end of the day, I stole it. Yeah, I well, I stole the name. 
<laughs> and they had every right to be mad at me. So I, I then I then changed it from green jello to green Kleenex. And um, there was an issue with that. And then I went with green Xerox, green Chevrolet. You know, uh, the lawsuits just kept going. So yeah, well, I found a product that nobody wanted. Which would be green jelly. Yes, but it, but it's still, yeah, it's spelled jelly, but it's pronounced jello still because there's those umlauts above the Y. As fate would have it, green jelly is green jello in Europe. Well, then you still win. You still I did. Win. <laughs> Listen, I went and toured Europe in the early 90s, and kids were coming up to me with boxes of green jello. But it said green jelly on it instead, just just like the American version. And I'm like, dude, where did you get this? We're like, at the store. What store? <laughs> the grocery store. They don't know what Jello is. Jello yeah. to them is jelly. So win-win for me. <laughs> yeah, that that that's awesome. Well, the band has released four full-length uh, records. The most recent having been released uh, June eleventh, two thousand twenty-one. Uh, the record's called Garbage Band Kids. Uh, some notable past members um, of Green Jello uh, include future Tool members Maynard James Keaton and Danny Carey, both of whom were in the band in the early nineties. Uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, the song we're going to talk about today, Three Little Pigs. Uh, I, I never knew this. I guess Maynard does the spoken word, uh, "Not by the hair on my chinny chin chin." <laughs> And Danny plays drums. Yeah, that is that is so cool. It was Tool's first hit record. Yeah, it, it really was. It, it, it's, it, that's really that's really crazy that, you know, I was telling our bass player that I was going to have you on last week. And uh, he's like, oh, that's awesome. And, and uh, I said, did you know that the Tool, like Maynard, he's like, yeah. He's like, you didn't know that? I'm like, what? I honestly didn't know it. The song is taken from the album uh, Serial Killer Soundtrack, which was released in 1993. Uh, the video only album, okay, was called right. Just Serial Killer, which I got to give kudos to you guys. You know, bands nowadays, because it's it's the thing to do, they're making, for about the past five, six, seven years, they're making a video for every song on the record. You guys were, were almost 30 years ahead of time with, with this thought process. I was way ahead of time. My friend, and when I pitched this to the record company, they thought that I was insane. You, you were. <laughs> I know, of course. And luckily, the man who was the president of the company was like, "Ah, his name was Lou Malia." He goes, "Ah, this is fucking crazy. Let's do it." <laughs> he loved it not because he liked the music or the band. He liked it because nobody ever did it. No, that was the first thing that I, when I went and, and I was researching, I remember you doing a lot of videos. I didn't know you did one for everyone and hats off to you. Kudos for that. You were so, that was such forward thinking. You that, And I know you didn't think like this is going to be the future. It was just something that you did. And I'm, 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 I'm going to say go out on the limb here. You were the first one to ever do that. That is awesome. No, I was. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really was. Abs absolutely. So, so, so again, kudos to you. Hey, let me jump in for a second. I did a lot of work with Kiss in the 90s. And I was having this conversation with Gene Simmons about doing things for the first time. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Bill, that's wonderful that you've done it for the first time. But how much did you make? <laughs> that is an important question. <laughs> and I told him, I said, it's not about the money to me, Gene. It's, it's about influencing people. And I, true story, he goes, oh, it's not about the money, Bill? And I go, no, it is not. He goes, give me a dollar, Bill. And I pulled out a dollar. I gave it to him. He goes, thank you. I will keep this in my wallet. And every time I see you, I will show you that I still have your dollar that I earned from you. <laughs> and for years, for years, every time I saw this dude, he pulled out that goddamn dollar to prove to me. <laughs> Well, and it's and it's funny because again, going and researching your band, I knew a lot about you, but I really dug deep. I knew you did some work with Gene and Paul uh, yeah, back back in the night. Yeah, which which is cool. Um, real quick here before we jump in the song, the the record yes. was was produced by Sylvia Massey. Uh, she Correct. went on to produce uh, Tool, Undertow, yeah. uh, System of a Down, Johnny Cash, Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, and 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 one last thing I want to say, and, and we'll jump in. Uh, your live show's insane. Thank um, you. Yeah, th this is my quote. Green Jello is one part humor, one part heavy music, one part theater, all riddled with absolute insanity. 
And yes, that's very good. <laughs> and you're welcome to throw that on your Wikipedia page because oh, that. Thank, thank you, thank you. Give me that quote at the end, and I, and I will write that down. That was wonderful. No, because your live show is just—they come out with the with the pigs' heads and and the and the and the big bad wolf and the the different audience participation. That's the number one thing. I go town to town and I recruit the fan. And I, I make him the guitar player. I make them the drummers. I make them the cow god. I make them the characters. They're in the show. Yes. Mm-hmm. The fan. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we want to go back it up to the, the new album. That's all fan made. That is cool. Over 100 fans from around the world made this album with me. That's amazing. That is That's another really kind of a pioneering idea that's really cool bill the first fan made album by the fan that is awesome well you know i i I gotta tell you my band we pride ourselves on involving the audience we don't like separation between band and audience we're 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 just fans of music that ended up being on this side of the stage you know i i I could very well be out there and i know that that you have the same kind of thinking so making the fans part of it once you make them a part of that they'll be a fan for life they'll never forget that i'm I'm just giving them the show that i want to see in the audience yeah yeah that's it yeah, that is that is so cool. And I know that you recruit going city to city. A friend of mine, oh, yeah. yeah, a friend of mine, ended up playing playing bass for you on a Florida tour. He said, "Man, I'm playing for Green Jello." I'm like, well, I'm like what? That's great. That must have been uh, 2012, 2013. I th- I think some somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I have a very good recall of every single damn show. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it just it, it's cool. The the track here, you couldn't escape it. Ninety three. I was glued to MTV. Beavis and Butthead got behind this track. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, and if you were on Beavis and Butthead, uh, even if you were slammed on there, you right, were still yeah, on. Yeah. Be- yeah. You were still on Beavis and Butthead. It was really? kind of like you know you 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 were something and. This song's interesting. You know, the uh, the single edit, the radio edit is, and I didn't even go and listen to it because I didn't want to get into that. I, I hate radio edits. I, somehow they chopped it down by a minute and 20 seconds. It's oh, four yeah. Minutes. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's four minutes and 35 seconds, which is still long for a oh, radio yeah, track. Yeah, well, they wanted it down to three and a half minutes. They just couldn't cut it anymore. Yeah, this song is remarkable for the time period, you know, the time yes. period back in you know, MTV didn't want to air videos that were much longer than four minutes. This song's all, this song's five minutes and 54 seconds. Yep. Okay. And this, and this claymation video, it was just, it was so cool at the time. Uh, the song, the song starts with a, a spoken uh, word intro over this finger tapping. <laughs> my, just my, fing- my Henry Rollins fucking, uh, <laughs> you know, that's my inside Henry Rollins joke. Cause at that time he was doing spoken word. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I, I, and it's funny you say that cause I totally hear now I get it. I never even put the uh, correlated that that's awesome. Uh, there's this crazy finger tapping solo yeah, and all of a sudden you just hear Bill go, why don't you sit right back? And I may tell you a tale. A tale of three little pigs and a big bad wolf. On Big Bad Wolf. The drums in the band hit on that. Yeah. And, the song, and the song kicks in. Before we go any further, I had read somewhere uh, that this track was written in 1991. Um, is that true? Uh, it's 90. Yeah, 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 it's 91, yes. Okay, and the lyrics, and, and I mean this wholeheartedly because I love uh, I love ridiculousness in, in right. music and in, in my life. I love to have fun and laugh at things. I mean, w- was this just written like in one sitting in a notebook one night, or how the hell did you come up with all this? All right, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the quick story. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm in my car, Los Angeles, stuck in traffic, late '80s, early '90s. And then there was a lot of hair bands. Uh-huh. So I'm sitting at the traffic light, and every single pole would have 80 million band flyers. You know, Legs Diamond, Hot Mama, uh, Kicks, you know, Stick Kitty, you know, blah, blah, blah. All these funny heavy metal bands. Yeah. So out of boredom, just like anyone else in their car with your friend, I start making funny band names. Legs Diamond, Hot Mama, 
Mother Goose and the Triple Bears. And my friend starts laughing at the Mother Goose Triple Bears. And then I go, and all they do is nursery rhymes. Little pig, little pig, let me in. And my friend goes, oh, this is all at a red light. Well, we're dying. All we got is that. That's it. That's all right. we got. And we think it's the funniest goddamn thing in the world. So I go to work. And I'm, I'm a security guard at NBC. I just moved to Hollywood. So I got all kinds of time all day long. I'm just sitting there picking my nose, walking around on the Price is Right set, you know? So yeah. uh, I just start cranking out words uh, about my life. You know, the, every, every one of those pigs somehow represents myself at that time living in Hollywood and what I was exposed to. And yeah. I just cranked out all the words. And the first, the first time we ever played this was on a Wednesday night on Hollywood Boulevard in front of 10 people. And nine of those people were the band members of Guar. No kidding. They happened to be in town. A friend of mine who was in a local theater band in Hollywood named Dookie Flyswatter. He was in a band called Haunted Garage. Uh-huh. I remember that name. And he, their band ruled Hollywood. When I moved here in the late 80s, early 90s, they were the biggest thing. And Dookie immediately embraced my humor and gave me shows with him. So Dookie brings Guar to the show. They hear that song, and afterwards... Uh, Beefcake the Mighty, who was Michael Bishop at the time, tells me, you have a hit song right there. Now, I don't know who he is. He's this guy with a beard and overalls in early 80s or late 80s, early 90s. So nobody really knows who Guar is. And he tells me about his band Guar and they do costumes, too. And I should go to their show. And I did. And I went with Dookie and, you know, I was like, and all of a sudden, it was Dookie, myself, and Dave Brocky. Like, that was it. That was it for costume bands in, in, in the entire world. I yeah, mean, no. It, it, it was it, Alice it, Cooper, but we were the, the generation after that. And this is what our influences were. So we were the only three costume bands. So we immediately uh, bound together. But it was Guar who recognize that being a hit song. That is really cool. Well, I know, and I've always thought that the, 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 the two of you pairing would be like the perfect tour, and you're oh, right. Oh, yes. Sometimes uh, people with the same um, music styles, sometimes they don't all like to hang out with each other. Yeah, that, that, that does happen. I just think for the show, for the fans. Oh, that yeah, the, oh that's the, what I was about. I'm like, yeah, you, because I got costumes. What the hell? Yeah, no, no. It would, it would have been a show for the fans. It doesn't have to do with, hey, I made this latex mask before you made that duct tape mask. Yeah, no. Well, and I'll tell you something else. Again, I'm, I'm going to use the term again about pioneering. Uh, there was a lot of bands that came after you and, and Guar, all the Slipknots and yes. those types of bands. There's that, a million of them. Yeah, you know, so you were doing it, doing it way before, and that's cool. Um, I want to get into the to the first verse here. After the band hits on Big Bad Wolf, yep. there's a di there's a distant, almost like it's the drummer going one, two, three, four. Yep, there's the, Danny Carey. There's Danny Carey uh, of Tool now, uh, and all of a sudden the song kicks in. What I love about this tune, it's six minutes long, five minutes and fifty four seconds, but there's only two riffs. There's only two riffs in the song. That's brilliant. How can you make a song? How can you make a song? It's, it's like it's almost like how can you do that and get on the radio and get on MTV and have a hit? It's it's right. remarkable. Oh, yeah. And, and, and having this heavy metal rap song, which, again, there's a lot of it now. But back then, there wasn't. No, there was very few. There was very no few bands. heavy metal riff with somebody rapping to it, you know. And I was only rapping to it because I can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason it sounds that way. <laughs> well... You uh, you can sing, Bill. You 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 need to hear some of the bands I've toured with. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm gonna read the lyrics here, and we're, we're gonna set yeah, this go up. For it. Well, the first little piggy. Well, he was kind of. He spent most of his days just a dreaming of the city, and then one day he bought a guitar. He moved to Hollywood to become a star. But living on the farm, he knew nothing. 
Totally about me moving to Hollywood. That's me. The first big is me. My story moving to Hollywood. That is awesome. Well, I noticed in this, and, and again, it's that riff. Dun, 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 it's going along, and there's this like guitar lick like that happens after City. It happens after yeah, the word yeah, star. Yeah. Like this little yeah, thing. Yeah. And that's a theme throughout the song. And by yeah. the end of the song, it's almost like it has to be there. And and some, you know, usually when you say annoying, it's in a bad connotation, yeah, but of course. it gets annoying in a great really annoying. That's that was the yeah. problem. Was to annoy your parents. This yeah. was, was the purpose of it all. You you put that video in if you got grounded, and 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 your parents would let you out. If you had yeah. friends over that you wanted to leave, you put the video in. They would go home. It was yeah. meant to annoy. Right. Well, uh, in a minute and sixteen seconds, we're in the first chorus, and the chorus is little pig, little pig. And then alone here, just Maynard uh, in falsetto, yep. <laughs> he yep. says, And then the riff changes here for the first time in the song, and so does the drum feel. Well, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'll blow your house in. Hoping, hoping, blow your house in. On the puffin' and I'll blow your house in the last uh, part of the last line, you go almost like to this false Edo to like really drive the point home. Huffin' it, a puffin' it, I'll blow your house in. That one? See, and yeah, and you, see, you, you talk about can't sing. Yeah, I, I can sing all right, but when I try to do something like that, it comes off forced and absolutely horrific. But you do it, and it sounds great. So You didn't run into a rope on your motorcycle when you were 13 years old and ripped your <laughs> out of your neck. serious. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> that motorcycle accident, I'm working at Walmart. <laughs> Well, it's, that's it's how, just that's funny. How you turn something to your favor. Not many people yeah. can turn a career out of a motorcycle accident. Mm -hmm. Well, and again, I'm going to use a term here that, and and I know you're you're not going to be offended by it. Oh, um, hell no. You know, not, novelty hits. Oh yeah. Just is the, okay, they are amazing because they are a snapshot in time. You could. Not, I remember going to. You just mentioned Walmart. It'd be Walmart. You'd be at the mechanic. You'd be yeah. at the dentist office. There'd be someone in the crew anyway. Little pig. Little. Yep. You know, pig, you know, there'd be somebody say, not by the harem. It was, it was everywhere. Yeah, it was everywhere. For, you know, it, 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 it blew up and, um, yeah, the surprise uh, we, of everyone. Right. And, and I want to, and when we get done with it, with going through the song, I want to, I have a couple questions yeah, about yeah. that for, for you, because it, it's just, it, it's remarkable what happened to the song. Um, after the first chorus, the intro riff comes back in for two measures, but the lead guitar is now playing up an octave. It changes there, okay? So the song kind of lifts. Verse two is, well, the second little piggy, well, he was kind of stoked. It's been most of his day, just a gun, just smoking. Hopping in a popping down on Venice Beach. Getting paid money for religious speech. Built his shelter for when he garbage picks. Mostly made up of old cans and sticks. Then one day he was cranking up a Marley. Along came the wolf on his big bad Harley. And again, on uh, the second line, the fourth line, the sixth line, and the eighth line, uh, you have that guitar thing again. Yes, that's just there. Yeah, yeah. That, wham, that little, that that noisy, noisy little guitar, uh, guitar lick. So, uh, was this you huffing and a puffing down Venice Beach? Um, basically, yes. But that, <laughs> and, and, God, if my friend was here, he could help me recall it. But there is this guy. Down on Venice Beach. If you ever been to California on Venice Beach, you will know oh, yeah. who he is. He has roller skates. He wears a little turban, and he plays guitar. And and I, and I'm I've been friends with this guy for like ten years, and I can't recall his name at the moment in time. What Harry Perry? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, he is here, Harry. 
Perry. Look that up on the internet. You'll see a picture of him. But he's a very famous figure on Venice Beach. He's there every single day since I moved here in 1987. He's their naked cowboy. And that guy, yes, exactly. That guy <laughs> is the second pick. He's the second pick. Yes, he, he, Man, I, 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 ne- I honestly, I never thought this was kind of uh, autobiographical and biographical. I just thought yeah, this no, was just some- You are the first person. In my entire life with the band, which is forty years, who's ever asked me this question about the ba- about the song? That's remarkable. And it is great because it, I'm not repeating any story. No, because probably people assume that you just wrote this about the children's nursery rhyme and just. Oh no, 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 this is just life experience. That is awesome, dude. That all, is that is <laughs> funny enough. All those songs are life experience songs. Yeah, no, that is that is really cool because you you know as well as I do a lot of songs, or rock songs, rap songs that were just written just to be funny, and there was no story behind them. Just someone uh, you know stoned at three in the morning eating ice cream, writing yes, something yeah. silly, and and uh, that's not the case here. Which there's a little bit of depth to a song that I didn't I didn't think had that had that much lyrical depth. Oh no. <laughs> There's a lot of depth. <laughs> yeah. Well, we get into uh, chorus two. And uh, again, again, it's the same lyric, but I'm going to read it again. Little pig, little pig, let me in. Not by the hair on my chinny chin chin. This time the music doesn't stop there. Right. It just keeps going. Little pig, little pig, let me in. Not by the hair on my chinny chin chin. Doesn't stop there. The riff changes again. While I'm huffing, I'm puffing, I'll blow your house in. Huffing, puffing, blow your house in. Huffing, puffing, blow your house in. Huffing and a puffing, and I'll blow your house in. And uh, now we're at the two minutes and forty-two second right, mark right, of the minutes. song. We're not even. We're not halfway through oh, yet. No, and it's the same. And it's the same song. <laughs> same song, Bowen. <laughs> Which is interesting. You brought up how you were kind of rapping in this song earlier, Bill. Right. And rap songs, a lot of the times, are the same uh, music over and over again with someone. And really, this is all about the story. Yes. The music is the music is kind of secondary, but it's still oh, yeah, yeah. heavy enough. Heavy enough where I, you know, you you'd see you guys or you watch videos and people are moshing and stage diving yeah, and slamming. Yeah, and going, oh yeah. You know, go crazy during that song. It's hilarious because it's he- yeah because it's heavy about pigs. Yep. <laughs> and uh, the pigs. What are you going to do tonight? I'm going to go mosh the farm animals. <laughs> well, again, at minute, two minutes and 42 seconds, the intro riff comes back, but this time it's alone. And the two gu- the two guitars here are played through a wah-wah pedal for like two measures. Yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. this, it just gets really weird here for, for a second. And then we get into... Verse three. Yes, we need another verse, and we're going to get some more after this too. Yeah. Uh, well, the third, the, and I want to know who the third little piggy is in a second. Well, the third little piggy, the great ace. Student, his daddy was the rock star named Pig Nugent, earned his master's degree from Harvard College, built his house from his architect knowledge, a dry level mansion, Hollywood Hills. Daddy's rock stardom paid for the bills. Then one day came the old house master, the big bad wolf, the little piggy slasher. Chaos, <laughs> tell them who that who the third little piggy is. Me. <laughs> it is. Yeah. That's Bill's son talking. Yes, the the third little piggy is is my seven year old son, Chaos Diablo. It was literally decades before he was even born, and I just sort of. Put myself in that future tense that I would have a child, and and so I'm I'm the I'm the pig Nugent. And chaos is the uh, daddy was a rock star whose name was Pig Nugent. I'm Pig Nugent. That's a you know really far fetched concept that I had at that part of the song. I did this whole like future reach. Like all right, decades yeah. from now. I had no idea you were going to go there. That that's that's interesting. The first times I'm ever, te- you know, nobody's ever asked me these. So, you know, no, it's cool. And there's not many words that rhyme with student. Maybe prudent, but I like how you rhyme student with Nugent. That's that's Thank that's, you. that's, that's <laughs> and, and, and I came up with the pig Nugent first, not the student. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and we get into this, is, this was because this is because at the time 
Maynard was my roommate, and he was this huge Ted Nugent fan. <laughs> so I thought that it was funny. Well, it is funny because you think of guys like, especially like you listen to Tools music, you can't really hear any Ted Nugent influence, but it's funny oh, what we all... Maynard hugely influenced. Yeah, well, it's it's same thing with me. Like, there's stuff I listen to. My fans go, "You listen to that?" It's like, yeah, I don't just listen to punk rock or listen to metal. I listen to you know different stuff. And you know, before I even got in a band, it was me with a broom or a mop up pretending right. to be Ace Freely in front of the mirror. Yeah, you know? yeah right. The Ace Freely moment. We all, <laughs> we all had that as kids. Hey, everybody! Don't you dare go anywhere. There's lots more Chris to makes a podcast after these messages from our sponsors. If you're looking for an inexpensive and unique gift for a friend, family member, or even for yourself, check out iloveenamelpins.com. From Hollywood stars like Jeff Goldblum and Meryl Streep, to fictional characters like the Golden Girls or Jack Torrance, to sports stars and musicians and politicians and dogs and cats, there's something for everyone at iloveenamelpins.com. As an added bonus, use the discount code ChrisDemakes at checkout to save 30% off your order at iloveenamelpins.com. Looking to elevate your music career? DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that enables musicians to distribute their music to online stores and streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Tidal, and many more. DistroKid collects earnings and payments, sending them to you, the artist. With DistroKid, artists unlock a world of possibilities. From easily paying collaborators with splits to securing your music with DistroLock, DistroKid covers all bases. Plus, you can promote your releases with HyperFollow and create eye-catching visuals with the Spotify Canvas Generator, all for free. But that's not all. Introducing the DistroKid app, now available on iOS and Android. Artists can manage their releases, view streaming stats, and withdraw earnings, all from the palm of their hand. And for those looking to perfect their sound, check out Mixia. With its simple interface and customizable mastering options, artists can make their music sound polished and professional within minutes. And don't forget about Instant Share, DistroKid's newest feature. Share large files securely with collaborators, producers, and more, ensuring your music streams at the highest quality. Ready to take your music to the next level? Download the DistroKid app and explore their suite of tools today. Plus, listeners can enjoy 30% off their first year by visiting distrokid.com slash VIP slash Demakes. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash Demakes. And now, back to the show. We get into chorus number three. Uh, little pig, little pig, let me in. Not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. It doesn't stop there. Music keeps going. <laughs> little pig, little pig, let me in. Not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. Doesn't stop. While I'm huffing, I'm puffing, I'll blow your house in. And this is where the riff changes. Huffing, puffing, blow your house in. Huffing, puffing, blow your house in. Huffing and a puffing, and I'll blow your house in. Uh, the riff comes in for two measures, but it's almost this time like... It, it's alone, like left speaker and right speaker. There's like this weird bass semitone sound. Yep. Uh, it's it's either a guitar or a bass played bass, high up bass. on the on the neck. It's, yeah. it's high up on the neck, right? <laughs> It's kind of the riff, but it's not. It's bizarre. Oh, right, no, I'm, that, I'm loving these questions, man. Again, never. It, no, nobody's ever gone this way. Yeah. So what? Like, okay, you really only have two riffs in this song. That's really, if you want to call it a third riff, it does kind of right, change right, right. it. It it still kind of feels and, like and, a bit. And, and we were going again uh, back up to music influences. We we're going for the riff in Bob uh -huh. O'Reilly. <laughs> so when it breaks down, boom! Da -da -doom, da -da -doom, da -da -doom. So we are yeah. going for that kind of introduction, you know. Okay. Not that sound, but oh, let's do the Bob O'Reilly bass riff in the song, you know. But not the actual bass riff, but the idea of. Does that right. Make any sense? It makes sense to me. For some of our listeners, he's speaking of Bob O'Reilly, which is a, an amazing uh, song from The Who, I believe off their 1978 record. Who's 
who's next? I don't know. Yeah, really old, way 70s, yes. Maybe yeah, 76. Great, great song. Yeah, that, that was the total it. influence to that. that when, that's when, when you're finished, I'm going to tell you the influence to the actual Three Little Pigs riff, which will blow your mind. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Uh, we're going to get into verse four now. Uh, well, the big bad wolf, well, he huffed and he puffed all the All that he could. And lo and behold, the little piggy's house stood. It's made out of concrete. The little piggy shouted. The wolf just frowned as he pouted. So they called 9-11 like any piggy would. They sent out Rambo just as fast as they could. And this is what killed me because you actually see, and I, and I have to ask you in a, in a moment if you if, if Sylvester Stallone or Rambo, the movie franchise, ever had an issue. Now all of a sudden in the video, a claymation figure of of Sylvester Stallone pops up with a machine gun, and in, uh, in Stallone's voice, uh, it's a spoken word part that happens here over the chorus riff, the main riff. Dun dun dun. It says, "Yo, Wolfface, I'm your worst nightmare." Your <laughs> How did that come about? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's funny that you ask, and I will tell you. I came up with a couple of scenarios when I put together the song. And one of them was they called out the LAPD as fast as they could. And then the other one was when they called out the Kool-Aid guy as fast as they could. And he'd break through the window or break through the the brick house and the... Uh-huh. And, you know, destroy the wolf. And then the third one was the Rambo. Kool-Aid guy, you know, which I was really favorable about because it made sense to me because he would be smashing through the, the brick wall of the third little pig's house made out of brick. So that made sense. But I kind of went with the Rambo part because at that time, Rambo was really big. And so oh, huge. For Sloan, so I, I figured I could take a poke at that and that would be mm-hmm. more laughs than the other two choices. So that's where that came from. Okay, well, and, and of course, uh, Kraft sues you, but Ram, the Rambo franchise doesn't, which is hilarious to me. Right. Um, <laughs> the uh, There's a huge snare roll that, and if you haven't seen the video, all my listeners, if you haven't seen it, please go watch the video, because it's just, it, it's great. And at the time, it was just, it was really cutting edge in 93, this video. Uh, there's this huge snare roll, which Sylvester Stallone is then shooting his machine gun, which it sounds like machine gun fire with the, with the snare roll. Do you remember if there was a sample of machine gun fire with the snare roll there? It was just Danny Carey playing the friggin' drums. Man, it sounds like... That's how great it, he is. It sounds like cannons going yeah, off yeah, on yeah. that party. It, it is. That's Danny. It, you can do that. <laughs> it, it is. It is kick ass. And then there's the sound of glass breaking and full all around mayhem. Sounds like a piano's being smashed. Yes. Uh, and then and then it kind of quiets down. You think the song's over, but you hear another one, two, one, two, three, yep. four, <laughs> count off, and then bum bum bum. You're back into the riff for. I've never known a song to. I've never known a song to need a verse five bill, but damn it, this one needed it. And <laughs> and uh, this is a very short verse. It's, well, the wolf fell dead, as you can plainly see. And that's the end of story for you and me. They still give a listen, you just may. Hear the big wolf a little piggy say, little pig, little pig, let me in. Little pig, little pig, let me in. Over those last uh, 
uh, part of the chorus here. A lead guitar, uh, kind of a counter melody, is played throughout this whole back half of the chorus. Um, and there also sounds like there's some other voices or maybe ambient type of noise that comes yep. in, in here at the yes, end. Yes. It sounds chaotic as hell. I think that's what you were going for. Because why don't they, you know, the listener to, you know, after their 10th time, oh, what's that? Oh, my, uh, you know. Uh, little Easter eggs. That's all it really was, you know? Yeah, no, it's cool. Well, this comes from, you know, the 70s albums, you know, you play the Zeppelin thing backwards and it talks like the devil. And, you know, <laughs> the, the Beatles, you know, got the messages in the right. You know, so we were kind of going for that at the end of the song. Just a bunch of gibberish. That people yeah, no, conclusions it, too. It's cool, and and much like the the uh, the song started, uh, Bill again has a little spoken uh, word at the end here, and it says, "And the moral of the story is that bands with no talent can easily amuse idiots with a stupid puppet show." And then the song ends, and then there's just some pig noises to end the song. Yes. fittingly. And, and then the drum, the drum, absolutely and it, and it ends almost in a cartoonish that's how you'd end like a cartoon theme song or something that end drum roll is the key to the entire song there is a whole underlying joke in that entire song and the only way for anyone to get it is to unlock that key with that ending drum riff and do you know what that that answer is with that key with that drum roll. I, 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 there's two things that come to mind. It's like, like the dun 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 dun. dun, dun. That was the first thing oh, I thought of, and then close. And then the second one is like the 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 Bugs Bunny. That's all, folks. Close. Okay, I, that's all I got. I'm I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna do this little riff for you. Dun dun. Wait, how did it go? I'm I'm doing my own riff. God damn it. Um, I'll let you do it because because I'm confusing the the riff that I stole with my own riff. It's smoke on the water. Oh, bum 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 bum. Three little pigs. It's smoke on the water. Wow. And we do the the drum roll at the end. Just like the song Smoke Out the Water does. That's how they end this that song. Smoke on the Water is a, a classic by Deep Purple. It's one of the, the songs that everybody that's ever worked in a guitar center wants to kill people because yes. they play that riff all day long, uh, Smoke on the Water. That's uh, why the Three Little Pigs song sounds so familiar. Yes. No, it's, uh, you know, I have to, I have to ask you, you know, you, you, you did this song when you were in the studio, yeah. um, re- re- recording the track with Sylvia Massey and producing it was, was it just another track on the record bill? I know that, the, that, uh, yes. somebody from Guar, yes. Guar had told you, somebody told you when Guar told you it was a hit, but when did it hit you? No pun intended. When did it hit you that you're like, Holy crap, the whole country and the world is hearing this. Like it is, I mean, was it when it was on MTV or were you walking through a mall? Were you in a doctor's office? When did it hit you that like, wow, my band has a hit? Well, again, I'll try to give you the short version. So here I am. I get the record contract and video only. We've recorded all the songs. Now I got to go through this process of making 11 music videos that I promised. In which I just made up an entire lie. To get the money. <laughs> I just threw out this. I, I can make you 11 music videos. <laughs> Be the first video band. You know. So anyways. That's a, a whole other part of the story. So we record it. And I do the first video. And I go into the record company. And I hand it to them. It was uh, it was a song called Serial Killer. And it was about two cans, son of Sam, that went on a murdering rampage of all the serial mascots. Played the video, nothing. Not a laugh, not a chuckle, not a congratulations. First video. No worries, I'll be back. Second video, nothing. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. 
I went through 10 goddamn videos and they hated them all. All of them. They never laughed. They never said, oh, let me go buy you a, a fast food burger at McDonald's because you did a good job. No, not even a free Coca-Cola. Okay. Ten videos later, still not a laugh, not a chuckle, nothing. So I'm down to one. Only because I was dumb enough to promise 11, not the standard 10 that the record company wants. I promised 11 because I want to do one more because I want to get this deal. So I made all the videos. And I'm down to one last song, the Three Little Pig song. The weird song, the song that's the longest, the song that's the riff over and over again, the song that sometimes we play. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'll be back with a better one. My last chance, I have just spent the last six months of my life making all these videos that were all complete failures to the record company. So I go home and I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And my, my friend calls me in, in the morning and says, I, I, I had the greatest dream last night. You made a claymation video for the three little pigs. And I was like, oh, that's, that's genius. Oh my God, yes, yes, that's it. But how, how are we gonna do this? You know, our last video time has run out, you know. And at, at, the, at that moment in time, I had a job. I was working at E! Entertainment Television. And I just, I ran the studio. I was the camera guy, the lighting guy, the prompter, whatever they needed that day, I did. So I frantically go into work. <laughs> and I asked the camera guys, I said, dude, does anyone know? Anyone know anybody that has a one frame camera that does one frame at a time? I need to get one. Because at this point in time, I've spent all the money. I'm down to my last $2,000. I got nothing. Right. I got nothing and, and all my shit was failures. So the camera guy says, oh, um, my next door neighbor has one of those. I could introduce you to him. I said, oh, great, great. So I go over to his next door neighbor's house. He lives with his parents. He's in 12th grade. <laughs> He's a freaking kid. Okay. My, my last chance. To move to Hollywood to become a star, so so my third little piggy kid can grow up to be going to Harvard College. It's all twelve-year-old kid or not twelve, twelfth uh, uh, grade. Yeah, I tell him, so I need this video. I need it fast. All I got is two grand. Okay, you tell you tell a kid in twelfth grade in nineteen ninety-two that you got two thousand dollars. For a video for him to make? That's, like, that's the keys ah, of the kingdom. Ah, <laughs> right? So for the next two weeks, this kid moves his dad's car out of the garage, and he makes it in the family garage. That's so awesome. now two weeks pass. And the record company's like, you know, call it, man speaker, where's that goddamn video? You owe us one more. <laughs> it's out of the way. Okay, so I've, I have seen no footage. I've seen nothing. I go over to his house. He's like, dude, I need it now. This is it. He's like, he's like, oh, well, I'm not finished. I was like, it doesn't matter. I need it now. And again, you know the video six and a half minutes long. Yeah. He gives me the footage. It's a minute and a half. A wow. minute and a half. Of claymation video, we stretched to fill a six-minute hole. <laughs> we slowed it down. We repeated it. We threw in little cartoon drawings. We patched this thing together. And I went into the record company. I was like, here it is. This is it. And Lumalia puts it in the tape machine, plays it. And at the end, he's like, it's either going to sell 10 or 10 million. <laughs> and if it sells 10 million, you can get anything you want, man speaker. 
And it's in awesome. millions. <laughs> yeah, that is, millions, that is millions and millions. And next thing I know, I'm 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 covered in money. Literally. The the the, the president of the company not only pays me my royalties, but he also advances me with a totally different deal. Two million dollars in cash to buy my own production company. And that's what I did. I, I bought a production company in Hollywood and then I started making music videos for people. I, I started doing work for Kiss, Marilyn Manson, uh, Jewel, uh, Doc McGee, um, Playboy. And all of a sudden, my job, E-Entertainment Television, that was paying me $7 an hour, is now paying me $6,000 a week to come use my facility. That's awesome, man. That's great. That, and that's such a, that's such a, uh, again, I, I, I've had a couple times on the show. It's a, it's a feel good story. You had this minute and a half video that you stretched out. Stretched it, it was, it was your, it was your, it, 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 it's down to two seconds. It's the fourth quarter. It's this, it's, yes. it's the last game. Yeah. It, it's the hail, it's the hail Mary. It was all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there it was. That's, that that's awesome. Make, if that did not sell, that record company was going to get flushed. They were already $50 million in debt. Tool was, uh, we were the 147th band signed to the label. Tool was 148. <laughs> and they were all failures. Yeah. So yeah that if is... this song didn't hit, it was all going to fail. And if it failed, there would be no Tool. Yeah, no, I, and I believe that because and then you know, we Sylvia... made all this massive money. We, our 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 song covered their debt and put them into the positive. I mean, we we both know how the music industry works. Yeah, no, that's uh, that that. And that is... so, and because of that, and, and most of the times, you know, the band gets their royalty, and, and that's really about it. This man, Lou Malia, not only paid me my royalty, but gave me a separate deal because he believes so much in the craziness you know again nobody supported him nobody you know we, and we only got signed for 60 grand it was a very yeah. low number at that time and the entire like the entire record company that you know worked for him were like this is the most ridiculous waste of money ever and we were the ones that wound up saving everybody's job so this guy kept true and continued to fund all these projects of mine throughout my entire life until he recently passed away. Well, good good for you because as you know the music business is uh oh, yeah. full of a full of a lot of rotten fish that doesn't doesn't happen a lot. This guy was genuine Lou Malia. He he's the one that yeah. made it a hit song. I mean, he had the, you know, the um the elements, but again, as you know, being in a band, just because your song is great and your band is great doesn't mean that that great song is going to get out there. Yeah, not not at all. Nope. Not at all. Not at no. all. Nope. Well, uh, listen, Bill, I, I want to thank you for taking uh, taking the time out. This was a uh, very, very, very cool story. I am oh, so you. happy for so happy for for all your success and and again uh the band is uh still out there rocking uh they just put out a record uh june 11th of this year 2021 called garbage band kids so uh go check it out and uh man I'm gonna be out to la at some point probably this year or next I, i'd love to hit you up and, and and hang out man oh come be on my show i i've just like you uh you gotta reinvent yourself so what i've done in the beginning of the year is i've um started my own music video channel that and looks awesome. look right behind me, I'm sitting at my set right now, and um, we have legit cameras and uh, all kinds of gear, and uh, we're, we're a live music video channel. We're about to go live 24 hours a day, but right now we just do um, every Saturday at 8 o'clock, and we go live for like three hours, and we just uh, kind of work it out until we're uh, good at it, and then we're going to push it everywhere for, for the listeners you know they, they know i conduct these uh uh podcasts over zoom they, they can't see what i'm seeing but bill looks like he's in the, oh, the, yeah, yeah, the, totally the bill, bill looks like he's 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 in the greatest fun house ever uh, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, it's gorgeous Wait, well, my, my point is is next time you come out here 
Um, my studio is right here in Hollywood, right on Hollywood Boulevard. Please come by, check it out, be on the show if you like, and uh, uh, we'll be friends. <laughs> I would love to. Thank you so much for your time, all right? Oh, you're appreciate welcome. It. Thank you. I appreciate you. Hey, everybody, don't touch that dial. There's plenty more Chris to Makes a Podcast after a few words from our sponsors. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Buying Up All Your Grey, the new EP from PAC, is now streaming on Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere else you get your tunes. Featuring members of the Juliana Theory, Zayo, and Punchline, PAC brings decades of indie, hardcore, and alternative influence to their debut release. Limited edition screen printed vinyl available now at mindovermatterrecords.com. As we near the end of the show, here's a band you might not know. Welcome to this week's Band You Might Not Know. If you'd like your band to be considered for Chris to Makes a Podcast, all you have to do is submit your song via MP3 only and your bio to band you might not know at gmail.com. This week's featured band is Protected Left, a three-piece thrashy punk band from Oakland, California, consisting of Mario Borzak on guitar and vocals, Trey Durbass on drums, and Brett Fontaine on bass and backup vocals. You can find their music on Bandcamp and Spotify. Here's a snippet of their song, Swell. Chris and Chris. That was insane. Everything about it, Bill, the story of the song. I mean, I, I don't even know where to start. I, I don't know either because I really thought this, I, I, I'm just completely, you know, I pride myself on knowing a lot about music. Uh, I don't know what you would call it, a music historian. I just, I love weird and odd facts. I did not know that Maynard uh, and Danny had any part in in this band until I researched the song. I'm like, what? That was, I just, I never knew that. The whole story, um, him going to the record labels with these videos, having the 12th grader, the kid uh, uh, do the claymation, the the, the song (laughs) being uh, biographical and autobiographical, you know? I thought this was, like I said, just some... Some dude stoned at three in the morning writing down something silly and, and was playing a guitar with his buddy going, hey, dude, check this out. This is funny. And, and, and here it is. Like, it actually has a little depth behind a ridiculous lyric. Yeah, I was super impressed. What year did this song come out? Was it 90- 1993? And... If what Bill is saying is true, you are the first person to get the actual story of this song out of him. And I believe that because who is going to ask about the, uh, you know, you just assume, like you said, you assume it's a story of three little pigs that he just made up. But little did we know there is an actual story behind this song. And it's incredible. Yeah, it's, you know, 28 years, to, uh, you know, well, he probably wrote it in 91 or 92, almost 30 years, and nobody's asked him uh, in depth 
what the songs about because of what I, I said in the episode and what you you just said. It's uh, the the lyrics are so literal, and then you also know that everyone's heard the the nursery rhyme, the backstory of the three little pigs. That you just assume that oh, this is just uh, another silly novelty song, which it it kind of was, but kind of wasn't, and just to blow up and become this thing. And and uh, you know, I know you're a little younger. Do you remember this being on MTV and being so crazy, dude? I was absolutely in the wheelhouse of this at the time. I was 12 or 13 years old when this came out. Yeah. A claymation yeah. video on MTV that's like hard rocking and uh, funny and yeah, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> you know, it was on. I think it was on Beavis and Butthead, right? Like, yeah, no, I, we had talked about that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you if you get on Beavis and Butthead, whether they slammed you or whether they liked you, that show in and of itself was a cultural phenomenon. Dude, it was it was humongous. I mean, I bought the cassette single of this song before they changed it to Green Jelly. Uh, I have a Green Jello <laughs> uh, cassette single of this song. Yeah, man. I mean, I was excited about doing this just be, because of all, all that, because of my history with this song. I mean, it was probably one of the earlier hard rock songs that I liked. Yeah, and you know, and, and, and like I said, it's another feel-good story. Bill turned it into a fortune, not just from a cash monetary standpoint, but he was able to do his passion, which was a production company. He enjoyed making videos, which he's still doing to this day. This song, uh, you know, was the catalyst for him living all his dreams. I mean, he, he still may have. He seems like such a creative guy. But uh, just to have this song, and it really was a fluke. It, it, it just was one of those things. It was, it was as I referenced, it was the Hail Mary in the, in the fourth quarter. I love that he knows and appreciates so much like what this song did for him. Like he's not one bit like, yeah, he's very uh, whatever self-deprecating about so many things about it. But it's a great song. And like, yeah, he's going to kind of talking shit on himself uh, for a lot of aspects. Ah, I can't sing. I can't whatever. Like, dude, it's a song that anybody from, you, you know, anybody from that era, everybody knew this song, you know, it, and I can't imagine not liking it. The first time you saw this and Rambo comes out, like, you're just like, what, <laughs> what on earth is well, this song? It's insane. And uh, I, I can't imagine not liking it. And dude, another thing that's so funny is that that second verse, I know that guy he's talking about, the roller skating guy. Oh, yeah. That guy sells uh, yeah. CD, was selling CDs out of his backpack, roller skating singing playing songs i knew that guy from santa monica he was saying venice beach i'm sure that guy's at both places that guy's also had cameos in some movies that i've seen before but yeah i know exactly who that guy is yeah and and what else is crazy is the fact that you know craft foods decides to sell uh to sue excuse me green jello or uh to to make them change their name to green jelly but uh rambo and stallone who were just i mean they were as big as in a different sense crafts a food company but they were huge back then in the early 90s. You would have thought they would have come after him and they didn't hear a peep from uh, either Stallone's uh, camp or uh, or Rambo franchise. <laughs> Dude, I mean, it's just so funny. Yeah, the story about the next door neighbor being a 12th grader and, and making this. And I just it's it's inspiring to me from the from just thinking about using your creativity and, and putting something out into the world and having it just catch fire you know and and i mean and this is pre-internet so you know even now more if you create something great that people want to like show their friends probably more now more than ever that can happen for you you know i don't know if the so much money is out there for it now but still like it's it's inspiring is, is my point here yeah for sure and just the fact that uh you know and i had told him he this song it it you know, the, whatever you want to call it, the 15 minutes of fame, it it was everywhere for that moment. Yeah. You know, you went to the mall, you heard little kids from seven years old to 25 years old, you know, grown adults, you know, singing that line, little pig, little pig, let me in, not by the hair of my changing chin in that voice. And you knew that what they were referencing, it was everywhere for a minute. And, you know, again, it goes to the, I've talked about on, on this show, it goes to the power of MTV. And let's not forget, we mentioned, mentioned a minute ago, the power of Beavis and Butthead at the time. It's, it's like, it's like the stars align for them on this song. Yeah, definitely. And I know that people listening to this couldn't see what we saw, but what I saw was the most enthusiastic, positive person. And yeah, like you said, 
it looked like he was in some sort of wild fun house <laughs> yeah. in, in his, yeah. uh, his studio there. And man, wow. That was crazy. Yeah, ve- that was awesome. Very, very cool. Yeah, Chris, it, it is very, very cool. And you know what else is very, very cool? I do. It's the month of October. And this was our first of four Halloween Krista Makes a Podcast episodes. I'm so stoked for the ones we have coming up. I love Halloween time, man. And we have been planning. Dude, have we been planning for a Halloween month? I think we've been planning this for like <laughs> six months. <laughs> we've been trying to get these October episodes together. All that kind of relate to the Halloween time of year. You know, this green jello, three little pigs, maybe it's not specifically Halloween, but something about the the big stage show and the craziness of green jello it just puts me in the mind of the halloween time of year yeah just their costumes and everything they have going on and and what a what a wild ride that was today with bill i mean he's just (laughs) he's man yeah and just the you know he's built just this wonderful career for himself and uh i I had no idea that he had you know uh founded this production company all all the other things that he has going on he's he's just uh truly an extraordinary character and i even told the guys in less than jake i said we should get this guy to direct a video for us. You should, man. Yeah. You really could be, should. Could be really cool. And I want to thank everybody who has joined our Facebook group, uh, Krista Makes a Podcast Facebook group. If you haven't already, please join. It's free uh, for the taking. It's a lot of fun. We have a good time in there, Chris. Yeah, some people hate Facebook, and I, I can't say that I blame them, even though even though I post on there multiple times per day. And I have fun because I've already eliminated all the bad people. It's all people I like, and I just post like my favorite fruits and vegetables and things on there. But that being said, I get not liking Facebook, but it's worth making an account just to join that group because it's a very positive, optimistic community where people like to talk about music and things like that it's a yeah, cool place it's great i tell people all the time just make make a fake account you know use, use a fake <laughs> use a fake picture fake name just join and uh come have fun with us and uh give me a follow on instagram if you can at less than chris d and uh thanks so much to bill manspeaker uh what a, what a great guest i want to thank uh thank him for sitting in with us and we'll see you next week hey do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real, honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Weiland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob Podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.